Well, in light of that truth, the passage we're going to look at, if you'd turn with me to Ephesians 3, is really an astounding passage when we consider our unworthiness and the, uh, God's deep love for us. Now, I started looking at Ephesians 3:18. I dove into the middle of the passage because we were examining what he speaks of uh, here. And actually, l- let me pray before we, before we go into that. But it is really an astounding passage, and we'll see that in a moment. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your word. We rejoice in your grace, in your love that is so rich and free. And since you have grafted us into your family, we come to you making our petitions this morning. Father, I pray for the upcoming Providential History Festival, and I ask that you would guide the preparations of each speaker, that you would anoint them and enable them to speak in a way that would honor you and that would draw people into a stronger role into your kingdom. Uh, Please bless Ray as he uh, oversees things and... uh, Bring things to his mind when needed. Guide each person who is overseeing a department within PHF and to give them wisdom and joy and vision as they engage in their tasks. Uh, Please help the advertising of this event to go forth and be prospered and for numerous uh, new people to sign up. May the place uh, be packed out. It is our desire, Father, for people to see the incredible blessings of your grace, of your sovereignty, of your providences over all of history. I pray, Father, that you would bless uh, the missionaries that you have raised up all over the world. Uh, Bless them with increased insight into your word. Uh, Bless them with a nation-discipling perspective. Bless them with emotional stamina. Uh, Bless them with a close walk with you. Bless them with finances. And I especially this morning lift up the Slavic Reformation Society of Russia and uh, Blake uh, Purcell. And I ask that you would help them to honor you with every dime that goes through their hands, that they would cast off any wrong theological baggage that may have been picked up unwittingly, uh, and that they would have the mind and heart of Christ in their ministry. And I pray for the needs of this congregation and for their friends uh, who are not members. I ask you to uh, bless Uh, Jacob Burka, as he adjusts to studying at Iowa Western this fall. I also pray for their close friend who's beginning chemo and radiation for cancer. I pray that you would bring healing and bring a trust in you and use this disease to draw uh, these people to you. I pray for the swabs as they travel this week, uh, that you would give them safe traveling mercies. Father, there's so many families out of town this week. I pray that you would give them Uh, safe travel home as well. I pray for all of the young adults uh, who are preparing for marriage, uh, for Emily Duff and uh, John Mays, that you would give them discernment and sanctify them through this process and draw them ever closer to your heart. Uh, For Michael and Elizabeth, uh, for Jared and Kayla, uh, Father, for any others who are contemplating courtship or marriage, uh, protect and guard them. Give them wisdom and discernment. Give them a holy love for you. I pray for the Aldriches. Uh, Father, I pray that they would sell their, be able to sell their home and uh, that they would be able to find the right home for their needs here in Omaha. And may others like uh, Michael, who are looking for houses, find just the right one. I pray for Wendy to heal completely and for Jim's supernatural healing. Lord, for you, nothing is too difficult, is too hard. Uh, 
but a word from your throne and they could be healed. Uh, give grace and strength for their children as they deal with these stressful times. And I also pray for, uh, for Sherry, uh, for, for Bill Hobart, for any others who I'm forgetting who are sick. And do bless uh, each of those with child this morning. May their babies be filled with your spirit, even from the womb. Grant them, uh, grant them physical and emotional strength and wisdom for their time management. And may you do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ask or think for any other needs of this congregation that I have failed to bring before you this morning. Hear their hearts, and I pray uh, that you would pour out of your generous kindness into their lives. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3. As I said last week, we were uh, looking at, at what uh, Paul describes as the width, length, depth, and height of God's love for us. And just understanding the doctrine, uh, the theoretical truth of this, brings incredible comfort. It's just something that is mind-blowing. But the Apostle Paul does not want us to have merely a theoretical understanding of this. He wants us to have an experiential awareness of God's love that sustains us day by day. He wants us to be filled with God's love, filled with God's presence, filled with His uh, power by His Holy Spirit in the inner man. And I'm not going to give a grand theological treatise on this passage this morning. I just want to have several challenging thoughts from each of the phrases in this paragraph. So beginning to read at verse 14, Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So he is pointing to a belongingness. We are part of a family. Uh, it doesn't make us chummy with God. There's still that authority relationship that exists, and yet he's adopted us into a family, and this family concept is going to give some character. It's going to explain to us the nature of the love that he's going to be talking about. He, he goes on to say, verse 16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. This is clearly more than just a, a doctrine. He wants us to experience the strengthening might of his Holy Spirit working from within us. He goes on in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now where does this love come from? It comes from Christ. And where is Christ? He's within us. So this love he's going to be talking about is a supernatural love that springs up from within our beings. At least we have access to that love. And Paul prays that we would be so rooted, so grounded in that love that nothing could shake us from it. No tornado could come along and take the house off of that love. And nothing can pluck that tree up. That tree's got roots going down just like an oak tree, you know, sucks up uh, moisture. He wants the roots of our lives as we are trees of righteousness planted in the Lord to be drawing on this love, experiencing the reality of this love. And being so rooted, verse 18 says, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints. In other words, this is not an experience that only some of the famous, famous 
you know, holy people of the past have been able to have. No, this is something that is the heritage of all the saints, everybody who is justified. So uh, this is your heritage, being constantly rooted in God's love. He says, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. In other words, it's not something that you can just explain with theory. Somebody who's never experienced this, you say, well, I can describe it to you. I can tell you the words of the scripture here, but you're not going to really know what I'm talking about till you've actually experienced it. It goes beyond knowledge. It surpasses theory, analysis, or doctrine, but it brings overwhelming comfort. I've had times in my life, and I'll admit they are all too few, in which I have experienced such an overwhelming sense of God's presence and especially of His love that it's like wave after wave of His love coming over me, wrapping me up in His arms. I thought I was going to die and go to heaven. In fact, I had to almost say, Lord, I can't take any more of this. Now, how would anybody ever not want to be rooted in that? It is such a precious experience that we have that you would think, okay, I'm going to always walk in this all the days of my life. But you and I all know that our flesh tends to make us forget and tends to make us get to a place where we are just plodding on in life, but we're not experiencing what Paul is talking about. Paul does not want us to have the experience of his love just once or twice a year or once or twice a month. Now certainly there can be highs and there can be lows and emotions are not always involved in this experience of God's love, but he wants us to have it continually so rooted, so grounded, nobody could pluck us up from that, being trees of righteousness planted in the Lord. And of course it's because we are filled with God himself that we can experience the overwhelming love of God. So verse 19 again, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's an astounding statement. Filled with all the fullness of God, really? I mean, that just seems like an audacious prayer and yet that is a prayer that you may make because God has authorized you to make it. He has put this prayer right within the Scripture. It is a part of the will of God for you to claim all of the fullness of God. Pray for it. And when God does indeed so fill you with His presence and His power and His love, then verses 20 through 21 will be the most natural and the most spontaneous thing uh, to come from your heart. It'll be your natural motive. You too will say, Now to Him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, According to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, my guess is, at least on some Sunday, maybe not today, that you come to church feeling unloved and feeling lonely and feeling like you're missing out on a lot in life, missing out on a lot that Scripture says. But if you have God and His love, you really have everything. And so make it your prayer of faith when you partake of this meal. Lord, answer this prayer. I want to know you. I want to know your love. Fill me with all of your fullness. And since Jesus Christ purchased everything that was needed for my life and for my godliness, and since this meal is God's 
pledge, your pledge, Lord, of all that Jesus has purchased, I claim that love, the experience of that love that you have promised to me. If you pray that in faith, I believe God will bestow that upon you. This is a meal that cannot be neutral. You're either eating to blessing or you're eating to judgment. And so I would say, cast aside the sins that hold you back, all of the baggage that holds you back from pressing deeply into the Lord. Bury it in the tomb of Jesus. By faith, rise with Jesus. Consider yourself having ascended with Jesus, being seated together with Jesus in the heavenly places and start writing checks to your bank account in Jesus. And part of that bank pledge that he has given to you is this love. And so this morning, I would urge you, pray that God would give you an overwhelming sense of his love, that you would experience it throughout this coming week and that you would be unshakably rooted in it. Amen. Father God, when we consider the catechism question which draws out the various truths where you have said that there is not a man upon the face of the earth who does not sin, we are blown away with the thought that you love us and uh, that you care for us in this deep way and we pray father that anybody here this morning who is discouraged and does not have that sense of your love in their being that you would open up their hearts that you would fill them with your spirit that all of the fullness of your Godhead would indwell them we lay claim to that passage in John 14 where you have said that those who love you you will love and you will come to them and you will manifest yourself with them. You will make your home with them. And Father, I pray that you would dwell with us. We come to this meal realizing week by week that it is the pledge of your covenant, the pledge of everything promised in your covenant, purchased by Christ's blood in your covenant. And we want to claim that love, that experience of your love for this coming week. I pray that you would uh, uh, set aside these common elements to a holy use and that you would be glorified in our partaking. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.